Hello storygoers, and welcome to our new series, Tales from the Cartridge Campfire Stories. This is a series that will focus more on scary and spooky stories that will be coming out sporadically from now on. And what better way to start our new series than with a beloved modern day horror game. So sit back and relax, but don't forget to check the hallways. You never know what might try to grab you in Five Nights at Freddy's. Night One. Have you ever been so desperate that you did something that you really didn't want to do? Like something that you really didn't want to do? If so, then, well, <laughs> I can fully understand that feeling right now. You see, I am desperate, real desperate, in fact, for money. I am so poor that I can barely get by at the moment. You see, I only took this job at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria because, one, I get money for working a job no one else wants, and two, I get all the free pizza I want before and after my shift. Sounds pretty good, right? <laughs> so now you're listening to Mike Schmidt, the new overnight security guard at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. Yes, the same Freddy Fazbear that is set to close down by the end of the year, due to all the uh, incidents. I'm sure you've heard about them all by now. I am very lucky, though, that I get to stay alive with free pizza and also get cash to save up and get back on my feet. It is honestly a miracle they even gave me this job, seeing that I have absolutely no job prospects and I can't even take regular showers. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> but you're probably thinking to yourself, Mike, how do you have no job prospects? Well, that's kind of a funny story too. I don't know. I mean, I literally do not know. Recently, I just woke up one day in the hospital with no recollection of who I am. The doctors were like dumbfounded when they saw my x-rays. I am missing organs. And my skin is starting to turn this like purple color. I have significant internal scarring from foreign objects that have seemed to not be there anymore. The worst yet is this giant large indent in my forehead that thankfully my hair mostly covers. <laughs> the doctor said he's never seen anything like it. He begged me to let him do a study on me even. I asked if I get paid for that and he said no, so of course I declined. I left the hospital, AMA, and I have been living out of my supposed car ever since, just sitting on the parking lot. Then, uh, long story short, I happened to find an old newspaper and saw this job listing in the help wanted section, and here I am. Mike Schmidt, the name, I saw on a billboard for a lawyer, and I thought, that sounds pretty good, I could take that. I still have no clue who I really am, but I do have a car, and a job, and free pizza, so I think I'm doing just fine. <laughs> my new supervisor barely even looked me in the eyes, let alone in my direction, before pointing towards my new office space. 
I'm sure my appearance doesn't exactly make people comfortable, but it's whatever. I'm excited. Stuffed some pizza in my mouth and I walked into my poor excuse for an office. It is a total dump. There's crumpled up old food wrappers and poorly drawn Freddy Fazbear inspired art from, and I'm taking a educated guess here, kids from the past who probably came to the pizzeria. An old fan continues to run. Its blades are just moving left to right over and over again so slowly. I want to turn it off, but I just can't find the stupid switch. It must be draining so much power. As I'm admiring my new office, the phone rings. Wait, who's calling someone close to midnight? Before I can answer the phone, though, I hear a click, and a voice comes over the intercom. Hello? Hello? Uh, I want to record a message for you to help get you settled on your first night. Um, I actually worked in that office before you. He sounds very uninterested in leaving this message, in my opinion. I'm finishing up my last week now, as a matter of fact. So I uh, know it can be a bit overwhelming, but I'm here to tell you there's nothing to worry about. Uh, you'll do fine. So let's focus on getting you through your first week, okay? Why would this guy want to quit this job? <laughs> you just sit around and make sure no one breaks in. It's such an easy gig. Uh, let's see. First, there's an introductory greeting from the company that I'm supposed to read. Uh, it's kind of a legal thing, you know. Um, welcome to Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, a magical place for kids and grown-ups alike, where fantasy and fun come to life. Fazbear Entertainment is not responsible for damage to property or persons. Upon discovering that damage or death that has occurred, a missing persons report will be filed within 90 days, or as soon as the property and premises have been thoroughly cleaned and bleached, and the carpets have been replaced. That's a super weird thing to say. Huh. <laughs> Probably some, like, corporate stuff to make sure that I can't sue them later or something. <laughs> With how desperate I am, they're smart to say that. <laughs> I would happily sue them if I could, and if they actually had money to give me if I won. Blah, blah, blah. Now that might sound bad, I know, but there's really nothing to worry about. Um, the animatronic characters here get a bit quirky at night, but do I blame them? No. If I were forced to sing those same stupid songs for 20 years and I never got a bath, I'd probably be a bit irritable at night too. So remember, these characters hold a special place in the hearts of children, and we need to show them a little respect, right? Okay. Okay, phone guy, hurry it up. Let's go. So, just to be aware, the characters do tend to wander a bit. Uh, they're left in some kind of free-roaming mode at night. Wait, what? Uh, something about their servos lock off if they get turned off for too long. Uh, they used to be allowed to walk around during the day, too. But then there was the bite of 87. Yeah, it, it's amazing that the human body can live without a frontal lobe, you know? I don't even know what the bite of 87 is. He talks about it like it's just something people know. I wonder if I just forgot it. Uh, now, concerning your safety. The only real risk to you as a Night Watchman here, if if any, is the fact these characters, uh, if they happen to see you after hours, probably won't recognize you as a person. They'll per... Well, they'll most likely see you as a metal endoskeleton. Let its costume on. Now, since that's against the rules here at Freddy Fuzzbar's Pizza, they'll probably try to, uh, forcefully stuff you inside a Frezzy Fazbear suit. Wait. What did Phone Guy just say? Um, now that wouldn't be 
so bad if the suits themselves weren't full of cross beams and wires and animatronic devices, especially the facial area. So you can imagine having your head forcefully pressed inside those would cause a bit of discomfort uh, and, and death. Uh, the only parts of you that would likely see the light of day again would be your eyeballs and teeth, and they'd pop out of the front of the mask. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, he's he's joking, right? Right? He has to be. Uh, y- yeah, they don't tell you these things when you sign up, but hey, first day should be a breeze. I'll chat with you tomorrow. Uh, check those cameras, and remember to close the doors only if absolutely necessary. Gotta conserve power. All right, good night. Try to stuff me into a suit? What? A suit full of, like, metal that would 100% kill me. Okay, all right, so here I am, in this moment, realizing my situation totally sucks. And now, knowing why phone guy quit. So, these things are going to roam around as I speak, right now. Like, just moving on their own. Oh, wait, I just remembered what phone guy said about power. It's now that I realize that there's this readout on the desk with the words power left and usage. I have 79% power left and my usage is low right now, thankfully. What a crappy situation. Uh, I look to my left and to the right at the two open doors and realize the hallways are pitch black. I can't see anything. I would never know if there's something out there by just looking. Next to each door, is a red button labeled door and a white button labeled light. I press the door button and it locks the sliding door. The usage is up and now I'm at 78%. I open the door again and press the light button which lights up the pitch black hallway. I check both sides, left and right. Nothing's there, thankfully. Is phone guy just being a jerk and trying to scare me? A stupid, like, hazing prank for the new guy on his first day. It's hard to even think rationally right now in this terrifying place. I keep finding myself staring at this Freddy poster on the wall in front of me. (laughs) The words celebrate in big letters at the top. I don't feel like this is exactly a good moment to celebrate. This stupid fan continues to slowly turn left and right as I'm stuck in my own head with all of this. I realize I could potentially be stuffed into an animatronic suit if I'm not paying attention. Oh wait, I'm not paying attention. Quickly, I pull up my camera feeds. The first thing I see on the screen are three animatronics on the show stage in the pizzeria. Bonnie, the purple bunny with a red bow tie, is to the far left, holding his guitar. Next is Chica, the yellow chicken. She's wearing a bib that says, let's eat, while holding a plate that's a cupcake with eyes on it, which makes me feel like uncomfortable for some reason. (laughs) And last to the far right is Freddy Fazbear himself. Black top hat and bow tie with a microphone in his right hand. They're just standing there motionless. It's already 2 a.m. and they haven't moved at all. (laughs) The phone guy is just playing a prank on me. I continue to stare at them on the cameras until my eyes get dry, so I have to blink. Phone guy said to check the cameras often and only close the doors when necessary to conserve my power. I could do that easy peasy. It's three o'clock already. I can't believe I actually fell for this. 
so stupid. But now I'm super bored. <laughs> Being scared kind of helped the time fly by, and as I spin in my chair, waiting for the clock to strike 6 a.m., I don't know what to do. <sighs> Alright, let's check on my new friends again. I pull up the camera to the show stage, and... Wait, no, 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 you're joking, you're joking, right? Only Freddy and Chica are on the stage. Bonnie's gone. My heart is pounding. I'm moving through the camera feeds and I don't see him. Where is he? I can't find him. Where would an animatronic go? How can I not find a large purple bunny? I keep searching until I find him standing in the dining area. He's just standing there. He's technically still pretty far away from me as I check the stage again. And... Okay, alright, Chica's gone too. Um... Alright, Freddy's the only one there, but he's just... He's just staring at the camera. He's staring like... Like he knows I'm looking at him. What is going on? I check my power. I'm at 52%. It's 4am and I have two hours left. I check the left door and press the light button. The pitch black hallway lights up to show... Nothing. No one is there. I swing to the right door and I find that there's no large animatronics ready to stuff me into an empty suit. So, that's good. I continue to monitor the cams. I'm down to 44%, but I should have enough power to lock the doors for an hour. I lock both doors as they slide shut. <sighs> okay, <laughs> that was scary for a little bit there. But nothing's crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> that is wild. Wow. They actually walk around the pizzeria. That is so weird. <laughs> oh, I can sit back in my seat as I take everything in. I am feeling like lightheaded. I can't even... Whoa. I can't even concentrate. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Oh! What was that? The alarm goes off at 6 p.m. What did I just say? What happened there? Whatever. It doesn't matter. I check all the cams and all the animatronics are back on the stage. And I am still in one piece and not stuffed into any oversized stupid suits. I would say that is a win. I open the doors to the office and step out to go grab some pizza from last night that I stowed away in the kitchen fridge. There's no such thing as bad pizza. Right? Not when you're desperate. <laughs> I walk to the front of the building and find my supervisor entering. He looks surprised to see me. Like he had some like other expectation or something. I wave and tell him it's all good as I walk out to my car. I think I can get used to this job. Night two. I'm just pulling into the parking lot now and I'm feeling really confident. <laughs> I keep thinking about all those animatronics and the idea of them taking me and stuffing me into a suit and it's just like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I have nothing to do as I, you know, don't really know anyone right now. So I arrive pretty early to my shift. It's 9 p.m. Three hours before I even have to start. As I walk into Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, 
The last family's leaving for the night. They are probably one of the only people who show up today. Because there's like no business anymore. I can't help but stare at the little boy and the little girl as they walk with their parents to their car. I don't know, I just... I think... I think I have a little brother. And maybe a little sister, too? I keep thinking about it. Possibly having younger siblings and... I look back at the kids as they get into their car and... <gasps> the boy... His tears coming down his face. His head is crushed. The little girl is covered in blood and they're just staring at me. I shake my head and look again and... They're fine. There's no tears and blood. I must have just imagined that, right? But why? Whatever. I have a headache setting in, but I turn and enter. My supervisor quickly walks past me, and his first words are, You won't get paid extra for showing up early. He doesn't care about me, and I get that. And honestly, I don't care for him either. I go to the kitchen and find the disgusting leftover pizza from the day. Stuff two pieces in my mouth as I sit down and wait. I can see the show stage and Freddy and Bonnie and Chica are just standing there. I wonder, like, I don't know. They just walk around and like they're alive or something. It's so bizarre. Before I realize it, time flies by and it's 11.55. So I get up and go to my office and I settle in. And to my surprise, the phone rings again. Uh, hello? Hello? Uh, well, if you're hearing this, you made it today too. Uh, congrats. Ah, yes. Phone guy. Back for another great recorded message to help inspire me. Bleh. I won't type quite as long this time since Freddy and his friends tend to become more active as the progresses. Uh, it might be a good idea to peek inside those cameras while I talk, just to make sure everyone's in their proper place. I'm checking the cams and everyone is there. Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica are on the show stage, and Foxy should be in his little pirate cove. I'm pretty sure Foxy is broken, though, so I doubt I'll need to worry about him very much. You know, uh, interestingly enough, Freddy himself doesn't come off the stage very often. Freddy becomes a lot more active in the dark, though. So hey, I guess that's one reason not to run out of power, right? I also want to emphasize the importance of using your door lights. There are blind spots in your camera view, and those blind spots happen to be right outside of your doors. <laughs> I doubt I'll need to use them, but whatever. So if if you can't find something or someone on your cameras, be sure to check the door lights. Uh, you might only have a few seconds to react. Uh, not that I'd be any danger, of course. I'm not implying that. Uh, also, check the curtain of the Pirate Cove from time to time. The characters in there seem unique in that he becomes more active if the cameras remain off for long periods of time. Yes, he doesn't like being watched. I don't know. Huh. I thought Foxy was broken. Anyway, I'm sure you've got everything under control. Uh, talk to you soon. Phone guy's message is over and I can't help but just sit back in my seat and pull the cams up. Huh. Phone guy was right. Maybe. Pirate Cove's curtains are more open than last time. Maybe he can come out. I check the stage and find Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica just standing there. Everything is normal. 
well, I mean, like, as normal as things can be here. 45 minutes go by, and I keep looking periodically at the cameras and no movement. Maybe I should, like, bring a book or something to do while I'm here to kill time. It's 1 p.m., and I check the cameras again and find Freddy by himself on the stage. Bonnie and Chica are gone. <laughs> I look around on the cams and find them, as I find Chica in the dining hall and Bonnie in the backstage. Both stand there, as if they've been, like, caught. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I keep moving through the feeds and land on Pirate Cove. And I'm surprised, actually. Foxy is poking his head out a little bit. Oh, man, my head is, like, killing me all of a sudden. Oh, I just can't help but, like, stare at Foxy's face. And I think, like, maybe I, I think I had a mask of Foxy when I was a kid. And I was like, uh... There's so much laughing, so much crying, and he can't get away, and he put him in that thing's mouth. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, what just happened? Why does that keep happening? I lost myself again there for a second. <laughs> I should get that checked out. But hey, it's 2 p.m. Bonnie and Chica are still standing in the dining area and backstage. I check back on Freddy and he's, oh, ah, okay, he's staring at the camera again. Wow, that is horrifying. It's like he knows I'm looking at him. I just stare into his eyes through the cam. I really want him to stop. All right, I can't keep looking at him. I put the camera down and roll away for a bit. Time feels as if it's so slow and that's grind to a halt as I hear pots and pans fall in the distance. I check the cans again and I find that the kitchen is disabled. One of the animatronics must be in there. That means it's getting closer to the office. I check the camera again for the stage show and all right, Freddy's gone too. I'm looking around and I don't see him anywhere. I check Pirate Cove, and Foxy's just standing there, watching the camera. Okay. I check the hallways, no one's there. I'm, I'm good. I'm all good. It's 4pm, and I continue to feel more disturbed by the minute. I hear them walking around out there. They're so close to me. Like they're like searching for something. I only have 38% of my power left. Why did these people set this up this way? This is insane. Like, wait, like, I just, how could they do this? Why would I only have limited power? And, wait, I hear something, footsteps? Like heavy footsteps to my right. I peer out into the darkness of the hallway, but I still can't see anything. But I don't, think I'm alone. My hand won't stop shaking as I go to press the light button, and as I press down on it, the lights in the hallway illuminate as Freddy peers around the corner of the door at me. His hand is stretched out forward as if he's wanting to grab me. I can feel the danger radiating from him as I stumble to press the door. 
button and the door slides shut. <sighs> oh my God, what? Okay, what do I do? Um, I'm looking at the window at the right side and he's still there. He's just staring at me. It's like he's waiting for the door to open. What would happen if I didn't close that door? I didn't actually think one of them would make it down here. This isn't safe. I can't believe I was feeling positive about this. What an idiot. I thought this was like a hazing or something, but no, I, I think phone guy was serious. As I continue to stare at Freddy through the window, I remember the electricity and let go of the light button. I look over and I have 23% left. The longer this door stays shut, the more power I use. I check the lights again and he's still there. I know he's trying to grab me. He had to be, right? Wait. I hear a noise to my left. I haven't checked that hallway in a while. I shut the door as quickly as possible. I don't even check until after it's shut and I turn the lights on. Chica. Her mouth's just slightly open as if she's taunting me, staring back at me through that window. I let go of the left hallway light and I check my power. 13%. I check the clock and I only have 10 minutes left until 6 p.m. I back off the doors and I sit in the middle of my office. I can't stop shaking. I don't want this. Why am I doing this? I just want to cry. I just want to cry and I... I always made you cry and you can never stop until I made you stop. Oh. The alarm goes off. 6 p.m. Wait. What was I thinking about just now? What was I saying? Why was I fixated on crying? Both the doors slide open, to my surprise, as I hear the animatronics walking back to their places for the day. I'm just sitting here like, I want to cry. And for some reason, I can't. I don't feel like I deserve to. Night three. I couldn't sleep last night. I sat in my car and I was just stuck in a trance, just thinking about those animatronics. I know now that they were trying to get me, but it's more than like they're programming, thinking that I'm an endoskeleton. It's like, it's like they're alive. I feel so out of it. My head is like throbbing while I'm away from there. Like there's something deep inside myself that needs to be there. Like I have a purpose. But here I am in my mindless haze. I somehow just find myself sitting in the pizzeria's parking lot. And I don't even know how I got here. If I even left. With 15 minutes before my shift starts, I walk inside. I should be hungry, but I'm not. Is it the fear of dying? Why am I here and why am I doing this? I could just run away. I don't have to keep coming here. I make minimum wage. I can go to a food pantry or something for meals until I find a new job. I can just live in my car and not worry about rent. There's so many things I could do, but I need to sit in this stupid chair. I need to be here. 
Why? My head keeps throbbing as the phone rings. Uh, hello, hello. Hey, you're doing great. Most people don't last this long. I mean, you know, they usually move on to other things by now. I'm not implying that they died. <laughs> that's that's not what I mean. Um, anyway, I better not take up too much of your time. Things start to get real tonight. Get real? I think things have already gotten to that point. Uh, hey, listen, I had an idea. If you happen to get caught and want to avoid getting stuffed into Freddy's suit, uh, try playing dead. You know, go limp. There's a chance that uh, maybe they think you're an empty costume instead. Then again, if they think you're an empty costume, they might try to stuff a metal skeleton into you. I wonder how that would work. Yeah, never mind. Scratch that. It's best just not to get caught. Um, okay, I'll leave you to it. See you on the flip side. For someone who's trying to be helpful, he isn't being very helpful. He's probably in his home right now, in his warm bed, dreaming about his new job. I hate him. I hate you, phone guy. I hate feeling like I need to be here. I think I've officially lost my mind. Or what's left of it. I open the cam feed to the stage show and only Chica is missing. I check Pirate Cove and the curtain is closed. I look through all the other cameras trying to find Chica and catch her in the East Hall. The hall connected to my office. I want to close my door, but I know that it'll just drain my power. I close the camera feed and sit in the silence, listening, waiting for her to get closer. Every few minutes, I hear her move one step closer to me. My right hand won't stop trembling. I just want to close the stupid door but I know I can't. I have to get through this. Her footsteps feel so close. Close enough that my instincts fire off and I close the door. I light up the hallway and there she is, staring at me. It's just as unsettling as yesterday. Her mouth slightly open as if wanting to bite down on me. With her handled for a bit, I check the cams again. Foxy is still behind his curtain, and both Freddy and Bonnie are still on the show stage. It's almost 3 a.m., and I'm at 52% of my power left. I'm doing well, I think. I put the feeds down and check Chica, and she's gone, thankfully. I open the door again. Wait, what was that? I turn to the other door as the eerie familiar sound of large metal footsteps approaches. I check the west hallway, but using the hall light to find Bonnie at my door. I quickly press the button and close the door and roll back in my chair. I check the east hall again and still nothing. I open the cam feeds and find Foxy sticking his head out at the curtains of Pirate Cove. Phone guy said that he hates being looked at, so I need to make sure that he doesn't leave there. I quickly put the camp feeds down and check the West Hall again for Bonnie. And he's gone. I open the door and check the East Hall. Nothing. 
4 a.m., 36% of my power left. I hear pans falling to the ground again in the kitchen, but I still can't check who's in there, with the cams down. Things have gotten quiet for a while now, and it's 5 p.m. No one else has tried to get in, and as long as I keep checking the doors, I think I should be fine. 5.45 A cold sweat comes down my neck as the sound of quick footsteps comes closer down the left side hall. Foxy. I forgot to keep checking the cams. I rush over to the left door and quickly shut it as the red fox smashes into it, slamming against it. I completely forgot. I check the cameras and see Foxy's curtain in Pirate Cove wide open. How could I have forgotten? Such a stupid mistake. It could have cost me everything. I settle in my chair and check the time. It's 5.55. I have 14% of my power left. I close the door to my right and wait it out until 6 a.m. This is madness. And as my shift ends, I can hear it in the distance. Crying. I want to check if some kid's there down the hall, but I'm too scared to leave my office. But the crying won't stop. And it sounds too familiar. Night four. I can't sleep. But I think I'm starting to put the pieces together. I think. I keep hearing the crying. His crying. I keep hearing it in my head, even after I left work. There was no one else in the building. No children crying. Or at least that's what my supervisor told me. He joked that it must be the kids that were killed here. Like it was funny. I wanted to just punch him so badly, but... I need this job. I sit here talking to you as if you're someone, probably due to my loneliness. I see the way people look at me. My skin has this purple hue to it. I look more zombie than human at this point. Who would dare talk to me? So I talk to you. You like you're someone. <laughs> Are you my friend? Are you rooting for me to get through all this? Or are you cheering for my demise? I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. My supervisor gives me the lowest effort greeting, but I ignore him. I don't care about him or what he thinks. I know he needs someone here, and I feel like I have to be here. Like I have this purpose or some wrongs that I need to right. Maybe it's something I've done to you. As I walk in my office, I think about the murders. I looked them up last night on my phone. Five children 
thought to have been murdered here. At least missing, but never really confirmed if they were killed or not. But everyone talks about them like they're dead. It makes me feel sick. I sit in the chair in the back office and stare at the clock as midnight comes. Right as my shift begins, I check the cameras. Chica is already gone, with everyone else in their spots. As I check the animatronics, the telephone rings, as it always does. Uh, hello, hello, hey, hey, wow, day four, I knew you could do it. Uh, hey, listen, I may not be around to send you a message tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a bad night here for me. Um, kind of glad I recorded my messages for you, um, <clears throat> uh, when I did. Uh, hey, do me a favor. Uh, maybe sometime you, uh, could check inside those suits in the back room. I can hear the pounding on phone guy's door through the audio recording. Like they were there. Right behind that door, ready to take him. Uh, I'm gonna try to hold out until someone checks. Uh, maybe it won't be so bad. Uh, I always wondered what was in those empty heads back there. You know. Oh no. The message ends. And I feel a little sorry for Phone Guy. His body's likely stuffed in one of the empty suits in the back. He wants me to check and see if he's there, but I probably won't. I don't have the convenience to worry about such things anymore. I need to focus on a way to stop this. If I die here, another poor soul will sit in these chairs and likely die. The cycle will just continue until this place closes down and then rears its ugly head in the future as it always does. Wait. Why do I feel this way about this place? I don't have time to think. I hear footsteps to my right and I close the door without checking. I flash a light in the hall and find Chica staring at me. I feel the fear in my stomach, but I feel like I'm getting used to this. Sad as it is. I check the cans again and see Bonnie gone and Foxy sticking his head out of Pirate Cove. I can't forget to keep checking on him. I go back to the stage show, and Bonnie is gone. Quick footsteps come to the left side as I immediately shut the door. <laughs> Foxy wasted no time to get me as he slammed his fist against the metal door. I check my power. 53%. I check both halls and they're clear, so I open them again. It's only 2 a.m., I check the cams and see Freddy on the stage. Still, I can't stop from looking at him. He speaks to me, but I don't understand. Golden, Freddy? No, no, snap out of it. I can't lose my mind now. I need to stay alive. I check the cams and find Bonnie in the West Hall staring into it. His head twitches and jerks in some disturbing way that I can't help but stare at. No. I pull my gaze away from Bonnie as I move through the camera feeds. Freddy's on the stage still, staring at the camera, 
Foxy in Pirate's Cove, and Bonnie is the closest. I can't find Chica. 36% of my power left, and it's 4 a.m. I hear deep laughter in the distance, and I try not to think about it. I keep checking the halls and the cams. No one is near me right now. I keep turning on the lights on either side of me for just a moment to check, and then check on Foxy. It's easier this way, I hope. My power is quickly fading, and I'm starting to get worried. I continue this until 5 a.m., and still no movement. This, this doesn't feel right. They continue to get worse by the night, so why are they so calm? As I wonder, I hear a noise to my right side and immediately shut the door. Chica. 23% power now. I need her to leave before she drains it all away. Wait, that noise. I check the cams and see that Foxy is gone. Sprinting down the west hall as I quickly press the button to close the door. He slams into it again as I begin to panic. I look at my power. 12%. I want to open the right side door, but I check it and she's still there. Chica hasn't left. Foxy's still banging on the left side as I slowly step back. It's 5.55, and I'm about to lose all my power. Foxy's banging harder against the door, and Chica continues to stand there, to my dismay, in the hallway. I sit in my chair and wait for the inevitable. Should I pray? Should I beg the higher power that I don't believe in to forgive me and save me? Can I hide anywhere in this office, somewhere they won't find me? I look around, but this is so small, there's no way to hide. I look at the clock, 5.57 a.m., as the red numbers disappear and everything goes black. Both doors spring open as I sit in my pit of despair. To die like this. Why did I do this? Why did I feel so compelled to continue to come here? Why can't I remember anything? Maybe, maybe I didn't have to do this job at all. Maybe I have a family out there worried sick, looking for me. If I do, I doubt they'll ever find me now. I'll be stuffed in a stupid suit that will likely be my grave. As I sit here with my regrets, I hear footsteps come to the door on the left side and stop. It's so quiet for a moment before the music starts to play. As I look up, I see Freddy's eyes lighting up to the sounds of the music as they flash. The song is so cheerful and happy. So much so that it's awful for this moment. Any moment he's going to get me. I can hear the gears in his arms turning as he stretches his arms out to grab me. 
I can try to run and get away. But I know it's not worth it. I've accepted my fate. And as I do, a memory flashes in my mind. A child. He's crying. He's begging for something. Begging me to stop. But I don't. As I put him into an animatronic's mouth. Freddy's mouth. I put you in his mouth, didn't I? I snap back to reality as Freddy's music stops and I sit in total darkness as I accept my fate. As I hear Freddy move closer, the clock suddenly turns on as 6 a.m. flashes on the digital display. The power turns on and I find myself sitting alone in my office. No Freddy. I somehow escaped death but only to find myself finding the truth to why I'm here. I know what happened now. I have to stop the crying. I'm here to help you. Night five. I found myself sitting in my car again as I've been thinking of you. You were so helpless back then. You cried and cried, begging me to never see another animatronic in your life again, and I continued to torment you with them. Why? Why did I do that to you? Was it my role? Being older than you, I had to tease you and torment you as one does? I would wear that damned foxy mask and hide from you wait for you to be vulnerable to put your guard down for just that moment that I would jump out and scare you make you cry those crocodile tears as I laughed at the glory of your cowardice they would flow from your eyes like a rapid waterfalls and I would laugh at you find humor in your sorrow and then it happened. The moment I hurt you most. You must hate me. Despise me for it. Being the horrible person that I was, that I am, in the situation that we were in, I chose to make your life hell that day. I killed you, didn't I? little brother. It's not every day that your dad owns the most famous pizzeria in town full of fun animatronics that sing and dance, but you hated them, and I used that against you. I hated being there for the birthday party, wanted nothing more than to go home, but I had my friends with me, hyping me up to mess with you. And when we found you being so small and weak, it was easy to pick you up and take you against your will. You struggled and tried so hard to free yourself, but we were too much, too strong. 
too determined as your brother to rag on you. I remember seeing dad's face, watching, smiling, the disgusting smile that he has as I brought you up to the animatronic's mouth. You begged me to stop, but I didn't. I didn't think anything would happen when I put your head in Freddy's mouth. I didn't realize what I had done when I watched him bite down on your head. That's when you stopped crying. I remember staring at you in disbelief, thinking someone had played a joke on me. <laughs> but there was no joke, was there? I was the villain and you the victim. And I keep forgetting about you somehow, but I always wind up here, back in this pizzeria making sure you and the others don't kill more than you already have. Phone guy was an unfortunate victim, someone I might have saved from such a sad fate if I had realized sooner. The damage done to my body, done to my brain, it makes me forget things, forget you. But I don't really ever forget, do I? Subconsciously, I always come back. I can't believe I didn't remember when Phone Guy mentioned losing your frontal lobe in the bite of 87, because that was me. You were the bite of 83. I somehow always come back with a new name, always as night security, always trying to find a way to help you and the others. I'm not Mike Schmidt. My real name is Michael Afton, son of the infamous William Afton, locked up currently under suspicion of killing the kids at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. But I never do help you. I've tried to help you, help our sister too, but I keep, I keep failing. I'm so sick of failing you. Failing everyone. Being more like our father and less like you. But there must be a way. I've researched everything. The children who died in the pizzeria. Gabriel, Jeremy, Susie, Fritz, Cassidy, and you. The poor children whose lives are cut short by our father. Once I read his name, everything came back to me. Circus Babies Entertainment, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, and the bite of 87. The same bite that took the frontal lobe of the security guard, who was me. It's why I forget everything so easily. It's. Ever since losing you, losing our sister too, I've tried so hard to set you free. I've worked as security, always under a new name, for the chance to help you and the rest of the children. But I always fail, 
and I'm always failing you, but now <laughs> I'm basically a walking corpse. Not that you should feel sympathy for me. You've suffered so much more than I have, little brother. You all have. I read on an online forum that someone theorized that you all haunt the suits of the animatronics, with some people laughing at the idea. But I think that they're right. You all must be trapped in those disgusting suits. And I have to free you. It's my fifth night as I walk into the building and realize that my supervisor is surprised to see me yet again. He went to pat me on the back, but stopped before touching my shoulder. <laughs> He's probably afraid he'll catch whatever he thinks I have. But it doesn't matter. I walk past him and go to my office. I sit in my chair and I stare at the clock until 12 p.m. comes onto its screen. The phone rings again to my surprise, but all I hear on the other line is these creepy, demonic voices gurgling in the background. It's probably all of you, isn't it? But I barely listen to the message as I check the cameras. Everyone is where they should be. I put the camera down to conserve my power and check the halls quickly, just in case. I go back to the cams and find Bonnie and Chica gone. Freddy stares into the camera. You poor kids. You want to find peace so badly, but this isn't the way. I have to find a way to stop this. I check the halls again and find nothing on either side. I check Pirate Cove and Foxy is still hiding. I cannot overlook him again. Pans fall to the floor as they do out in the halls, as one of them are in the kitchen. I hear faint music coming from down the hallway. It feels as though you all are angrier than the rest of the nights. I hear a faint noise to my left and check the light. Bonnie stares at me as I close the door. 3 a.m. and 50% of my power left. I won't run out of power again. Now that I remember everything, I realize that I've done this so many times in the past. Even with the pain of having my memories back, I have the experience I gained in the past as well. I check the right hall and find Chica coming to the door and I quickly close it. The fear I once felt on my first day here is gone. Now I just feel determination. Ready to help these poor souls trapped in these suits. Ready to redeem myself as much as possible by helping to right my wrongs for you, brother. You may never forgive me, and that's okay. I'd even let you take my life if I knew that would help you. But none of this will work. It's 4 a.m., and I have 21% of my power left. I check on Foxy and see his head poking out from behind his curtain. Freddy is now off the stage with Bonnie and Chica somewhere in the pizzeria. It really doesn't matter where you are. I don't need to check around. It's just a waste of power. A footstep to my left and I close the door. 
I continue to hear random noises and music from down the halls. I check for Bonnie and see nothing, so I open the door. I quickly check the cams and find Foxy burst from Pirate Cove. I go to the West Hall camera and see him continue to run past. I jump up and close the door as Foxy smashes into it. He bangs against the door, but it's fine. I check the right hall and see nothing. The banging on the left door ends, and I check the camera. Foxy is back and closes his curtain behind him. I open the door and refocus myself. 5 a.m. and 15% of my power left. A noise to my left, I check the hall. Freddy. I don't see him often, and I like to keep it that way as I close the door on him. I check on Foxy and then the right hallway. As time inches closer to 6 a.m., I light up the hallway for a moment to look at Freddy, and I wonder to myself, is that you, little brother? Or is it Cassidy? Maybe Gabriel, or one of the others? The fear I once felt towards you now is just sadness. Sadness that you are this way now. Once an innocent child and now... No. You're not the monster. Our father... William Afton is. The clock strikes six. And the anima... The children leave and go back to their places. I gather my things and leave my office as the headache begins to set in. My supervisor walks in as I reach for the front door. He's congratulating me and hands me my first paycheck for the week. $120. I can care less about the money at this point. I get in my car and I sit in it for a while before I leave. There has to be a way to set these children free. And I'll find out how, or die trying. Thank you for joining us for our new series, Campfire Stories. Please let us know what you think of our campfire stories on our social media by emailing us at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com with all the E's being threes, or by using the official Tales from the Cartridge phone number at 207-494-4334. You can leave a voicemail or text us and we'll read all messages in an upcoming episode. But for now... We hope you enjoyed the spooky tale and make sure you stay safe. Good luck.